Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Your Scorpio What's your rising? Where's your moon? Scorpios are pretty cool See, I'm a sage So they say I'm a butterfly I like to play I'm always aiming Into the sky I point my you guys last week. We're on the air now, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. It's the Inside Connection. Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is your astrology show for facts and information about astrology, also a place where you can get a free mini astrology reading using the energy of astrology to find out more about yourself, deepen your understanding of, of uh, yourself and your loved ones, uh, learn how to have uh, greater communication with who you are uh, so that, uh, you know, there's betterment for you and for all of us, right? Betterment of the planet is happening because each one of us individually is striving to be a better person. That's what astrology is fundamentally all about. It's the tool that creates healing. It's the tool that creates an experience of enlightenment in you far beyond uh, and uh, and also in connection with your own ability to be introspective. Uh, astrology uh, starts, facilitates, and launches that whole process in the most powerful way. So welcome to the show. I feel a little charged up because I'm going to be doing a little bit of a of a show on um on the uh the lunar eclipse it's happening next week depending upon where you are it's going to be mostly on Tuesday but I guess a few places it will be late on Monday night the 14th so it's the 14th into the 15th interesting that we're going to be having a total lunar eclipse uh, right kind of in conjunction with um, the uh, um, the Grand Cross, the Grand Cardinal Cross. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to take a look at where the planets are now and how they may be affecting us. Uh, this is the Global Energy Minute, which is the global energy where the planets are right now, um, you know, 8 o'clock in Los Angeles, already 3 o'clock in the morning in the United Kingdom. 
So um, the sun's in Aries, but it's not really conjunct Uranus. It's moved past that. And so the sun is not really making very strong aspect. It's actually sextile. It's in opposition uh, to Mars, but they're, they're separating. So there, there has been tension, and it feels like there is more tension in relationships. The, the big balance thing we're going to be talking about between Aries and Libra tonight is all over the place um, in the chart. And so the, the strength of the individual as, um, as in conflict with the relationship needs, or you see someone like uh, Vladimir Putin who's acting very much like an Aries, right? Independent, I don't care about my relationships with Germany, I don't care about my relationships with the United States. Uh, this guy is doing a very Aries thing, <clears throat> and the rest of the world, in, by, by and large, is sitting back and saying, like, whoa, you know, we thought we had you know, certain kinds of agreements and a relationship with you, but now it seems like you're taking a sort of selfish track. This is one of the core polarities that's going on in the, in the lunar eclipse. It's one of the core polarities that's going on in the Grand Cross between um, Mars and Uranus. And um, that's getting closer. That's still six degrees apart. So we're going to probably talk a lot about that next week because, of course, by next week we're going to be right in the midst of the Grand Cross. Tonight there's a lot of planetary movement that's leading up to that. Uh, for instance, the sun is in opposition to Mars. And, um, and um, Mercury has also gone into Aries. And right, while, while right now it's a little wide on being conjunct Uranus, Mercury is going to play an integral part in being conjunct Uranus during the eclipse. So there you have sudden, aggressive, independent expression with Mercury being conjunct Uranus and as we're going to see us coming closer and closer to that next week we're going to have unexpected selfish or self-oriented communications so we can't just look at Aries as being a purely selfish energy it's it's a visionary energy that's designed to produce a lot of creativity in the world and it happens because it's backed up by a lot of Force. Um, Aries is ruled by Mars, and that energy, when you think of Mars, planet of war, and Aries, the warrior. So that we have one facet of the um, of the global energy right now that's moving very strongly into a me, me, me kind of energy and what it is that I want to get done and how it is that I visualize things. So Putin is a good example of that. I think there have been other examples of that. Um, I think even uh, Snowden is an example of the Aries energy, Edward Snowden, the NSA um, whistleblower who, um, you know, defied the government and came out and, um, you know, exposed the National Security Agency's global, um, you know, uh, spying program. That was also an Aries maneuver. So we're not just throwing everyone on the Aries side into, you know, under the bus and saying, okay, well, they're all like Vladimir Putin and they're all acting for their own self-interest. And, you know, I think that 
perhaps Snowden did act for somewhat of his own self-interest, but by the same token, you know, I mean, he he uncovered for, you know, millions, billions of people, really, um, something that actually shouldn't have been going on behind closed doors. So that Aries energy is really linked with the energy of the warrior. Um, the moon is in opposition to Venus and also kind of it will be in the next couple of hours in opposition to Neptune. So we have this other facet of water going on in the background. Moon in Virgo in opposition to Venus, Venus conjunct Neptune. This is a deep kind of selfless love that's also possible. And unfortunately in the um you know in 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 the um the Grand Cross transits and also in the um in in the um the, the the transit of the eclipse that's happening next week um venus is not going to be making a lot of aspects but it will be making some and i think if there's any you know hope of this of this grand cross turning out to be uh somewhat um more elevated than the conflicting kind of energy that it actually does represent. I mean, Aries and Capricorn and and Mars and Libra and, and even Jupiter, you know, in, in this very strong battle of cardinal energy. And the the Neptune Venus, which they will be conjunct during the um the the full moon, um on on Tuesday, that, that that energy is actually sextile to Pluto and trine to Jupiter. So there's an extremely loving, extremely elevated possibility for compassionate love. Uh, with the moon in opposition to those two, there's even a practical service that we could offer to each other. Something maybe that someone needs a helping hand, and we can really feel that they need that. And we're able to reach out and offer that to them. Um, I think that's that's an important thing to keep in mind. So the Venus-Neptune conjunction, which will be continuous all the way through next week, um, is going to be the partial saving grace of the of the um, the Grand Cross. In that, if there's any uh, you know hope for elevated consciousness, it's going to come from Venus and Neptune making positive aspects to Jupiter and Pluto. That. And since those two signs, so those two planets are going to be in the 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 signs of the mother and the father, respectively. Jupiter will be in Cancer, which is the sign of the mother. Pluto will be in Capricorn, which is the sign of the father. This bridge energy between Neptune and Venus in Pisces is going to add a certain kind of compassion and elevation of love. It's a very highly spiritual, beautiful love. Venus in Pisces, and conjuncting Neptune, it adds a tremendous amount of depth. Remember, Neptune is the higher octave of Venus as the outer planets go. Venus and Neptune are actually aligned with each other very deeply, and um, and the the connection of the two gives us almost like a like a complete selflessness. How that's going to happen in the face of the Grand Cross, I don't know. It will depend upon how much of that Aries energy is actually really present, and there's going to be a lot of it. So we'll talk a little bit more about that 
in in a minute. Saturn is sort of just hanging out there, not really making an aspect to anyone. Uranus and Pluto moving really into that tight square at 13 degrees. Of all of the passes of that Uranus and Pluto have made, the two that are happening in 2014, this is the first of them, and then there's going to be another pass in the fall, and then there will be one more pass, an exact square of Uranus and Pluto in 2015, and then this major transformational alignment will be over. But the feeling is is that this first pass um, during 2014 is going to be pivotal because it is in connection with the Grand Cross. So that's your Global Energy Minute, or shall we say Global Energy Five Minutes. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. You're listening to the Inside Connection Radio on Blog Talk. Um, so, you know, I wanted to talk about full moons in, in, in general, in eclipse energy. Um, the, um, the full moon, I actually did the chart for it, uh, is happening um, right after uh, midnight in Los Angeles. Uh, not too not too long after midnight, and so it will be happening around like 3 a.m. on the East Coast. But earlier, if you happen to be in places like Hawaii, um, it will be happening earlier in in the night, and you might have a, an easier time of seeing it. Um, obviously, it's av- it's available to be seen in the Western Hemisphere because it's going to be night. It will be you know say like 9 p.m. in Hawaii, uh, midnight on the e- on the West Coast, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Anybody basically in North America or in any of the United States or South America will be able to see the full extent of the total lunar eclipse that's happening next Monday slash Tuesday, early in the night, right? So not not the night of the 15th going into the 16th, the night of the 14th going into the 15th. And since it's a long process, even if you're in the West Coast and the peak of it is around midnight, you'll be able to see it starting earlier than that. So even as the moon's uh, rising and then moves a few inches above the eastern horizon, it will start being eclipsed. Eclipses are very intense because they bring a strong amount of energy um, to the axis that they're happening in. And the axis is for this one is Aries and Libra, um, which is a big part, again, of global energy. And it almost feels a bit like the eclipse is going to be ushering in this very strong um, uh solar uh, you know grand cross that's happening around the 22nd of april so it's only about another week later and there's going to be easter weekend roughly and a couple of days after remember it's there's even though there's an exact moment when it's happening there's a huge range of time for instance even during the lunar eclipse on this coming tuesday there's a grand cross um, Mars has not yet moved back to 13 degrees, but this doesn't matter. Mercury is at 13 degrees on Tuesday on Tuesday morning, and it's conjunct Uranus. So Monday and Tuesday during this eclipse, there's still a pivotal amount of of hot energy. When I when I've been thinking about what we're heading into, and I've thought to myself like, wow, you know, where we are right now today tonight, very much the calm before the storm. You know, there are things that are 
are happening, there are things in the background, there are things we can sense happening, and we see certain changes happening globally, but we haven't really quite seen the kinds of changes that are going to be upon us in the next year. We haven't seen the kinds of global changes that we're going to be facing 2014 now, going into 2015, one year from now. They're going to be monumental, in fact, and um, some of that is really kicking off next week. I know that sounds kind of ominous, but it can be subtle and it, there, you know, it can continue to grow. But I think we're still fighting for, um, you know, individuality, our own personal individuality. I mean, the, you know, Putin is representing Aries, but also the Ukrainians themselves will be representing Aries and Putin will be representing Pluto. You know, he's doing a very independent, very aggressive thing, but in and he's and he thinks he's being autonomous in you know in his action for the for his country. But the fact is also he's being very oppressive and very patriarchal, which is Pluto in um Capricorn. So sticking with the the uh the eclipse energy um, and it's hard really to separate it from the cross because it's happening in those in those signs. And like I said, on Tuesday morning, there's going to be a grand cross happening in association with the full moon. It's going to be involving Mercury and Uranus and Mars. Um, and all through from the eclipse all the way for at least a week or two weeks after that, uh, the moon is going to be an activator because the moon's in Libra on the 15th, but then a couple of days later on the 20th, actually on Easter, the moon's going to be conjunct the moon in uh, in, uh, the moon's going to be conjunct Pluto in Capricorn. They're going to be both at 13 degrees on Easter Day. So the moon is going to be moving to position with Pluto on Easter. The astrological effect of all of this is, again, creating an emotional uh, sense of the patriarchy. In other words, the, I've been reading how like the Russian people are more nationalized than ever. They're, more, they're having more national pride than, than they've had in a long, long time. And the, the, the energy of the cross and the energy of the new moon is absolutely activating that, bringing them onto the side of the Aries side. You know, we are independent. We have a national identity. Whatever relationship they had with the Ukraine, for instance, that would be the Libra side of it. That appears to be um, losing its strict boundary, right? The, the Russians are saying, well, you're really not other. You really are us. And so there's an absorption of the relationship into the self. That's the key behind the full polarity of Aries and Libra. That's the deepest key behind it, is that as we attempt to establish a relationship with anybody, because we want to, right? If we're purely Aries, we're all alone. And we don't really want to be alone. I mean, no one is absolutely so much of a pure Aries that they don't need to be with other people because there are no pure archetypes, right? There's nobody who has every single planet in Aries and Aries rising and every single planet in the first house. It, 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 it doesn't happen like that. And so um, we don't have a pure Aries archetype, just a one person who's only Aries. And so people have a need to establish relationships with other people, and yet we are concerned about ourselves. 
the the Libra side of it is the side that says, well, I really want to have relationships with other people. And if we lean too heavily on that side, and there are obviously some people who do, then we don't think about ourselves and we lose our own identity into Aries, into the desire to be in the relationship. This is the key behind the polarity and something that we're actually seeing happening globally is that there's there's an idea of, you know, we we are who we are and we have a strong identity and you are other and we want to have a relationship with you but not at the expense of our identity and potentially as we get into a relationship with you it's difficult to even see that you're a separate entity a lot of people have this in independent relationships right i mean we get involved with someone and that person becomes our partner it's called taking someone for granted in common english is when we lean back on the aries side of our personality so strongly that we don't take into consideration what the relationship needs what the other person needs and in fact we can lose sight of the fact that that person is even a separate entity and perhaps they're really just there to help facilitate our visions and goals it's an unhealthy relationship uh, obviously and one that technically we don't really want to be having with anybody but there's a learning process in in that um, you know we have to find the balance when we're in relationships between Aries and Libra the key keywords you know really there are our ability to be assertive and our ability to create agreement so Aries is assertion of the individual will, but Libra is the ability to come to an agreement with another person's willfulness. The Aries, you know, Libra has its own strength in that it doesn't like being pushed beyond the boundary of fairness. Right? This is where Libra will find the Aries within. They're very much peacemakers, and they usually don't like making waves because that's their natural tendency. However, when a line gets crossed, at least in most Libras, they, they're going to leave the side of it. When they feel the, there's no agreement possible, then a Libra will become aggressive or assertive, which is interesting because that's the polarity. Even a Libra has its own individual identity. So Aries and Libra is the polarity of taking and giving. Aries will take as much as it can. Libra will give. And yet Libra asks Aries to give. In other words, in order for there to be harmony here, you're going to have to give something of yourself. So is it selfishness and selflessness? Partly. Partly, partly uh, Aries is selfish and Libra is selfless because Libra is always trying to compromise. Libra is always trying to work out the commitment in order to be, be able to you know, live through a relationship with anybody and have a commitment to them. You would hopefully find that there are points of compromise that you're going to have to uh, encounter. Whenever you reach a point of compromise, in fact, then you're not going to be selfish. Right? You're going, even if you're an Aries, you're going to have to bend your own will a little bit in order to be able to get along with the other person. So fundamentally, there's this drive for our own individual will, and that will is balanced by our drive to be with others, our our need to be involved in relationships and back to the um the eclipse 
um, the the eclipse functions to to bring that polarity into you know incredibly strong. It's going to be an incredibly strong um, reaction in each one of our charts. So depending also upon what houses it's in, for each of us, it's going to represent the individual um, struggle between our own identity and our desire to have relationships. But you can find out where that struggle is happening by placing the eclipse into your own personal chart where the sun will be in one house and the moon will be in the opposing house. The whole same thing applies to the um, the cardinal cross in general. You can put the cardinal cross also into your own chart to determine um, you know, which houses are being most strongly affected. Um, the the eclipse is uh, is you know depending upon you know where where you're having it going to be in different houses right it depends upon the time that it's happening so that might be the way it affects uh, the people in your particular time zone if it's happening you know around midnight or if it's happening at 3 a.m. you could get a little bit more information from that. But again, the fundamental purpose of it is going to be to reassert and repolarize our dynamic equilibrium between the self and others. That is starting off with a huge grand cross on April 15th. And then um, on April the 20th, there's going to be another huge cross involving the moon conjuncting Pluto. I mentioned that before. That's going to put the focus now on the emotional nature of the patriarchal attitude. So by Easter Day, we might see somebody taking some kind of a strong um, patriarchal or oppressive. A Capricorn can be a very authoritative kind of an authoritative energy connected with a very unemotional, um, you know, moon in Capricorn. So Pluto in the moon in Capricorn is creating an emotionally practical patriarchal response to a rebellious uh, Uranus in Aries. Um, and then, of course, by the 22nd, uh, we the Mars moves absolutely into... Um, um, 13 degrees, and that's when the exact cross is going to happen. But whether it happens on the 22nd or the 20th, meaning whether what happens, this, the events that are going to be created by the lunar eclipse on the cross, um, you know, is sort of up for grabs. By the 26th, there's still going to be a cross. Um, you know, on April the 26th, the moon will now be in Aries. So the moon has been a very intense activator because the 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 uh, the Grand Cross is happening so exactly all at 13 degrees and all on the 22nd of April that the week before when the moon's in Libra and then the week during when it's in Capricorn and even the week after when it's in Aries, all four of our vital, you know, participants here are still going to be in the cross. Mars will be in Libra, Jupiter will be in Cancer, Uranus will be in Aries, and Pluto will be in Capricorn, all still forming the cross. So it's going to be a very intense ride for the last couple of weeks of April, and I think we're going to see some of the tension that's inherent in this, the individual rebelling against authority, authority using... Um, uh, 
domestic, uh, you know, protection, like the Russian, the Russian government is saying that they're protecting Russians in the Ukraine, you know, like the idea behind how the idea of manip- that can be manipulated, you can manipulate um, uh, the idea of protection and worry and concern, and then the changing and shifting relationships that are going to result from all of this, how it seems like Russia is being drawn more closely to Iran, Russia is being drawn more closely to China, the United States perhaps is being drawn even more closely to Germany, and yet we've just had our issues with Germany because the Snowden thing has exposed how much spying we've done on the German government. So there are certain tensions in relationships all around, and the cross and the eclipse are going to be designed to flush out even more of that tension. On an individual basis, um, I think you can hope to, to act from a more individual place, find your own autonomy in relationships, be true to yourself, but at the same time learn compromise uh, from a deep and lasting place. That's what the best part of the cross would be all about. Uh, I'm Dr. Craig Martin. You're listening to the Inside Connection. I'll be back next Thursday night at 8 p.m. L.A. time. You can look me up at lahealer.com. I hope you guys have a lovely night. Enjoy that eclipse. We'll be talking more about the Grand Cross next Thursday night. Bye-bye. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.